Among some of the earliest forays into computer animated filmmaking, this movie was the debut feature film for the animation studio Blue Sky Studios, a studio also responsible for other films such as Robots, Horton Hears a Who, Rio, and Ferdinand. However, none of those films have been quite as successful as today's film, Ice Age. Coming up on its 20th anniversary, Ice Age took the world by storm in 2002, grossing over $380 million worldwide. That's over a half a billion dollars in today's standards. Personally, I can vividly remember that very first Ice Age trailer featuring the now iconic character Scrat, uh, who has become pretty synonymous with the franchise, which includes six feature films, seven short films, and two television specials and counting, all having grossed over $6 billion as of 2016. So I imagine it's a bit more now. This franchise is still alive and kicking. It's also its most recent spin-off film, The Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, is hitting theaters on January 28th. With the feature of this franchise still hot to trot and now under Disney's banner, we've decided to take a cool look back at where it all began and ask that burning question, what's it about? This is What's It About Film Podcast. I'm your host, Ricardo Boyd Diaz, joined once again by my best friend and partner in crime and co-host, Seth Crow. Seth, thank you for being here with me again today. Hey, hey, glad to be here. Yes, we're talking about Ice Age today. I'm pretty excited. Yes. Um, yes. So Ice Age, yeah, $6 billion across the entire franchise. It's a lot of nuts. It's a lot, it's a lot of acorns there, buddy. <laughs> a lot of acorns. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we get started, we just uh, want to remind everybody that our show is about uh, breaking down what's underneath these movies. So the the themes and the core storytelling, the messages underneath the plot. So plot is the sequence of events that occur to tell and illuminate what is really going on underneath, what a story is trying to convey message-wise. And that's what we're going to be breaking down today. So Seth, um, I think remember when we talked last time, you said you had never seen Ice Age. I had. I had seen Ice Age. Okay. It's the only, I've only seen the first one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was, and I hadn't seen it in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so sitting back down to watch it, I, I actually had very little expectation because I was like, I don't remember this movie really. All I remembered was Scratch. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, all I remembered was that there was a squirrel who basically started the Ice Age uh, chasing a nut. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, knowing like, okay, I have... I might be so like now that we've started this podcast and we've started talking about like, what's it about? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to get a little like over meta in my thinking with some things. Oh really? Yeah. Like I'm just starting to like really oh. layer on like, okay, this is about this and this is a boy. So like, so you're overanalyzing. I'm, I'm very much overanalyzing, okay. which is, you know, pretty standard standard for me yeah uh but like i think that this like after watching ice age i don't i think it's about the squirrel man it's just about the squirrel it's just about the squirrel <laughs> well you know what well if you want to get into a little bit of the meta of it we'll we'll talk about that uh, but uh let's we'll get into what's it about in a second we're not at the question yet seth we gotta go by okay, okay, we gotta okay. go by our outline man like professionals gotcha okay um but yeah uh, seth so what are your initial thoughts about the movie did you enjoy revisiting it did you were you surprised or were did it kind of hit your expectations 
it was amusing. It was an amusing mm-hmm. film. Um, I don't get, I don't get how it's so successful. <laughs> yeah. And like, again, that's why I, I said it's about the squirrel. Like it's about, that's why it's so successful. There's something about the squirrel that makes it successful. I mean, everything else was just kind of like, meh. Like it was like, oh uh, yeah, like it's enjoyable. Like it's got all these comedians in it mm-hmm. and they're not that funny. Like they're just kind of <laughs> like, they're kind of just like very laissez-faire dry. Like the, the sloth is the funniest thing in the movie. Really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then everything else is just kind of like, I don't know. The story is very like linear, mm-hmm. very just like we're moving through space and time and things are happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just not, there's just not a whole lot going on that I was, it, it was, it was kind of fun, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it's not toy story. You know, right. it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not Wally, you mm-hmm. know, it's not, it's not saying anything. I mean, it's saying something that we, I think the mess, there is a deep message here, mm-hmm. but I don't know if, I guess what I'm saying is the film itself doesn't accomplish the message as much as the first 60 seconds with Scratch the Squirrel. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I like that. I think you're hitting on something very interesting. So a little bit of background uh, on this film, a little bit of film history. I'm kind of like, I like, I'm a film history nerd, so I like talking about this stuff. So in 2002, computer animated films, animated films like this, uh, were, it was still early on in that process. There had only been two other completely computer animated films that had ever come out to that point, which was Toy Story and Shrek. Those are the only other two that had ever been made. Um, this was the third one. And I think Toy Story and Shrek are both, as far as like their stories go, a little bit more complicated, a little bit more full and Definitely. fully realized as far as like worlds, world building goes. Where this yeah. is like, okay, this is our real world. Like we're just going back in time to the Ice Age. You know what I mean? And so yeah. – and while, like, yeah, like these animals uh, and these uh, certain uh, creatures didn't ever really exist together at the same time and things like that, um, it it just was very, like you said, very straightforward. And I think it was like, hey, we're we're just going to tell just a an entertaining little story that's not super duper complicated for the kids, right? Yeah. And and not to mention that this film went through quite a development process. So originally, it was being developed in the ni- late nineties. Uh, by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman, uh, the two uh, makers behind uh, films such as The Secret of Nim, The Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, An American Tale, Rockadoodle, uh, A Troll in Central Park, Pebble and the Whoa. Penguin, and Anastasia. You're listing, listing some A list of That's films. what I'm saying. It's like every good animated film that was not Disney. These guys. Rockadoodle? Yeah, I love yeah. Rockadoodle, man. Uh, these guys were behind. So this film was originally being developed by them as a 2d animation film in the nineties. Uh, and it was originally developed as to be a little bit more dramatic. So like a little bit more serious in tone. Um, and then at the turn of the century, when computer animation started coming along, they decided to do that instead. And so Don Bluth and Gary Goldman left the project. Um, and, uh, and it went over to blue sky, who was a new brand new studio. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then they and then they're like, okay, let's make this a little bit more silly and fun for kids. And so that's where some of like the like tonal things, like some of the serious, more serious elements 
And then this really silly, like Scrat was added to add a sillier kind of like break away from like the, the more serious dramatic moments for kids who they felt it might be too serious for kids at times. I mean, the mom dies. Yeah. Like, she like dies. Yeah. I mean, we've seen moms die before in films, but they're always animal moms. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not like human beings that throw themselves over waterfalls to save their children. Yeah. You know? Man, like, like that this, was pretty. Yeah. This movie, this movie has some, some, some really intense moments like, like, Oh wow. Like this is, this gets dark in certain places. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, but that's like the history of this is this movie is that it was originally supposed to be 2d animation with these like legends of, of an- animated film that then like, Got they got pushed out of basically, which is really weird. I want to see that movie. Right? What would that have been? This more serious version of this movie. What would that have been? I don't know. Um. So before we get into the big question here, uh, I just want to give some credits. Uh, so this film was directed by uh, Chris Wedge and co-directed by Carlos Saldana. Chris Wedge uh, was like on the ground floor of Blue Sky. Uh, he directed Robots Epic for them. Uh, and he also directed Monster Trucks, which came out uh, in 2016. Do you remember that movie where the, like, the I, monster is I, in the truck? I do remember Monster Truck. He, he directed that. <laughs> uh, and Carlos uh, Saldana also co-directed Robots. Uh, he also directed Ice Age Meltdown, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Rio 1 and 2, and Ferdinand. So basically like a whole bunch of films in uh, Blue Sky's catalog. Uh, and this film was written by Michael Berg and Michael J. Wilson, who wrote a bunch of other Ice Age-themed uh, content. Uh, Michael J. Wilson also wrote Shark Tale and the Jackie Chan movie Tuxedo. Do you remember that movie Tuxedo? I think so. Where he like, like, puts on the magic maybe? tuxedo and it makes him good at karate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also uh, co-written by uh, with by uh, Peter Ackerman, who also helped write Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, seven episodes of The Americans, and Angry Birds 2. So those are... Some credits. <laughs> yeah, he wrote some movies. They wrote some movies. <laughs> uh, and also, I looked up at the INDB, and let me tell you, there are like a whole slew, like five, six other writers who have additional story by credit. Uh, so this movie was passed around quite a bit in the development process as far as Man, like, I just, writing. I don't get how any of that works. You know, like somebody writes the tuxedo, and this guy is rich and famous because he wrote the tuxedo. <laughs> Really? Like, you wrote Tuxedo. Look, man, there's a market for everything, right? You got Jackie Chan to be in a movie called Tuxedo. I don't know. (laughs) No, it's just Tuxedo. It's the Tuxedo. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I just don't get how garbage get... I mean, it's... I don't know. Look, man, there's there's a market. There's something to say about somebody who can make and finish a screenplay that can be shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. the, the 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 tuxedo was probably never really going to be a great movie, no matter who's writing it. But it was a movie. It was a movie. We have not made a movie. <laughs> we have not made a movie. <laughs> well, so, uh, leading into the big question today, let's for those of uh, our listeners who may not have seen Ice Age in a while, or maybe never have seen Ice Age. Here is the summary uh, from Rotten Tomatoes. 20,000 years ago, Earth is a wondrous prehistoric world filled with great danger, not the least of which is the beginning 
of the Ice Age. To avoid really bad frostbite, the planet's majestic creatures and a few small slothful ones begin migrating south. The story revolves around the Sub-Zero heroes, a woolly mammoth, a saber-toothed tiger, a sloth, and a prehistoric combination of a squirrel and rat known as Scrat. Not really helpful, Rotten Tomatoes. That's not really the plot. (laughs) It's kind of just the setup. (laughs) Uh, But the basic story is uh, a group of uh, animals, of different animals, uh, find a a baby, a, a Neanderthal baby. Uh, we believe it's Neanderthal, uh, and, and they decide to trek across the snowy wasteland to reunite it with its tribe, uh, all while one of them has a more nefarious plan. Uh, I think it's shot in Argentina or Chile. You do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they shot on location? Yeah. I mean, well, that's, I think, where it's supposed to be taking place. Why do you think that? Um, because of the landscape. And because of the animals that are featured. Well, what about the Stonehenge? There's Stonehenge you're, in it? You don't remember they walked by Stonehenge and, and oh. Manny says, that architecture will never last. Oh, I don't, I didn't remember that. that I, so I they're, that. They're, they're absolutely in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, there's two places those slaws are known to have been, and mm-hmm. that's in California and in Argentina. Well, like I said, like, so like I mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, so uh, they consulted like museum anthropologists and things like that about like these different animals and things like that. Cause they wanted them all to be period specific, but none of them are location specific. So like none of these animals actually existed in the same places. Like the black tar stuff. Like that's that, La Brea. Like- that's La Brea, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the little Brea tar pits. <laughs> Uh, but that's our theme. So Seth, let's ask the question. Ice Age, what's it about? Uh, the, 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 the hard nuts of it is that it's, (laughs) you're just going to keep going back to that. Well, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, it's about the squirrel, man. Like (laughs) I can't get, I can't, I can't get around it. Like, let me, let me take you a layer back. I'll okay. Take you a peel back, back the layers. We'll, we'll we'll peel back the layers, and then we'll and, go. We'll, uh, we'll layer them back. Yes. So, like, if you're wanting to draw some sort of theme from this film, mm-hmm. um, that's what the I podcast think, is I, about, Seth. Yes, but I mean, what what? I, okay, but I have to say that for this movie because it's not it's not that great. Like this movie in, mm-hmm. in terms of like theme and like it's just not. It's kind of shallow. It's a very shallow film. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, and until you get until you try to get really analytical about it, and then and that's and I'll take so I'll take you through my train of thought. Okay, here. Um, so this movie is about evolution, right? It's about um, survival. It's about what it means to survive, and where does survival of the fittest come into play? And sometimes you have to go against your instincts to survive. Um, so that's like, in my opinion, the film with the characters and the comedians, like that's what that's about. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in the grand scheme, I don't think that it, that what this is, this movie is about. I think that's what this story in the movie is about. 
Mm-hmm. But what the movie itself framed with Scrat, that's not what it's about. Okay. Okay. Because Scrat's there the whole time. Scrat's, Scrat's, it's about getting your nut, man. It's about, and what it means to get your nut. <laughs> what it means to get your nut. And it's about that for the studios. So, like, there's no way, like, this movie was about making a nut. Making it up for the studios, mm-hmm. and like it's so it just like meta it meta goes down from there, and like that's it. It's about the squirrel man. It's about getting your nut. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're right when you go when you when you really take a huge big picture look at this thing. Yeah, the studio. It's about the studio making its money, right? Yeah. Like Scrat was. In the original cut and conception of the film, Scrat was just the like cold open, basically. Uh, and then he wasn't in any other part of the movie. But he tested so well with, with audiences and kids that they added him into other parts of the movie. And that's obviously what, and that's he, what we can That's right. what we connect with in the film. Right. So there's no way that the rest of the film and its meaning can't be framed by the squirrel. <laughs> I, I yes, I understand what you're saying, and absolutely, I think on the meta, it, it makes a lot of sense. This movie was designed to make money, like cute animals are going on a silly adventure. It's the the humor is very silly and very like kid well, kid silly. It's not. It's not even that. It's a. It's like it's so. Sarah pointed this out actually. My 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 partner, she was like, you know, that's basically just like improv 101 What he's doing. And mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, he just has a, such a clear want and we all connect with that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and really, so what does the nut represent? The nut represents survival. The nut represents the thing that's going to, that gets you what, like you're to the next, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's, it's the next stage of evolution. It is, it is guaranteeing you that you make it another day. You know, mm-hmm. it's the thing you want the most. That's interesting. And that's, and that's really what we're what this movie is about, right? Like if you so you take it from that and go down a layer into the main characters, we're seeing more subtleties of what evolution is about amongst the main characters. Okay. Uh that's very interesting. And I think what's even more interesting is something to point out about Scratch. Scratch's never trying to eat the acorn. Like he's never trying to eat it. He's always yeah. trying to find a place to store it. Yeah. He's not, it's not like he's trying to like get it so he can eat it and consume it right then. It's something yeah. that he's trying to put away for later. He's always trying to hide it somewhere. Yeah. So that's always very interesting. It's a, it is about his future, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very interesting. All right, Seth, thank you for your initial thoughts there. We'll get into <laughs> some of, some of more of what you're like, where you saw some more of these elements yeah. of that kind of, we'll, cause we'll deconstruct as yeah. we go. But. Yeah. Cause honestly, when you said evolution, like I, I had a very specific moment that I thought about, I was like, oh yeah, like there is, that is there. There's something to that. Um, for me, I tend to, we talked a little bit about this last time. You tend to look at things very like like macro, like really big picture. And I tend to kind of like really zone in uh, on something on the smaller scale. Uh, And for me, the thing that really stuck out to me most and a theme that kept recurring a lot uh, was the theme of like broken families. Right. Yeah. Um, We see Manny, you know, we come to learn Manny's backstory and 
how his family was kind of shattered. And we see Sid, how his family treats him and Diego, the family that Diego comes from and the baby being taken away from their family. Like it's all like these people from these families that have been broken or shattered or dysfunctional or in some way. Yeah. Who all come together to form their own family that works. A herd, if you will. Yeah. A herd that works. Yeah. Um, and I think though that kind of can go in line with a lot of what you're saying about like these animals don't typically live and interact with each other. And honestly, some of them eat each other, you know, yeah. um, that's, that's where I get down to like, I think, like I said, the main story is about going against your instincts to evolve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you see this, broken these broke this this herd this unlikely herd come together they're all having to like go against what they are used to doing mm-hmm. to become a herd and succeed right and finding fighting against their their traumas right yeah. yeah like like your trauma gives you a gut instinct right like the your the things from your past cause you to react to things in your future right the 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 way that you've experienced things causes you to feel a certain way about stuff, right? And that's your new instinct. But these guys are having to fight against that to accomplish a task and by doing so then overcome their trauma, right? It's amazing Manny just didn't like kill that baby. Just like outright as soon as he sees it, as soon as he sees right? it, kill the baby. I mean, I, it's very interesting. Yeah, um yeah. So like, yeah, you're looking kind of, I think ours kind of like fall in line with each other a little bit in that I I was seeing like, like you said, like we were talking about last time, kind of the smaller, like more character and like, like uh, character arc stuff Yeah. where you kind of looked at like, what is like the driving force behind that? Yeah. Um, survive, survival. And these guys having to come together to survive without, you know their dysfunctional families and things like that. And not only that, but like they know that humans are the future, Mm -hmm. right? Like they know that they're the apex of everything on earth. So like Mm -hmm. they're kind of ensuring our future by saving this, this baby, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's like this kind of like undertone of like, no, we have to save this kid because it is the future of all of society. You know, mm-hmm. they, they know better. Like it's weird that the animals know better than the people do in a mm-hmm. lot of ways in this movie. And I mm-hmm. kind of reflexive with uh, them being like, you guys know that humans can't talk, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, Oh, that back then the animals were the ones with the insight back then mm-hmm. the animals were the ones that knew that humans were the future. And so we have to make sure we preserve that future. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. It it is, is, it's very interesting. Um, So Seth, as far as like, so scrap being your framing device of like survival and trying to put things away for the future. um, What other parts of the movie did you like start to see those elements start to come through and like, um, that you want to point out. I, for me, one of the cool things that kind of really plays into, into your interpretation is the scene where they're walking through the ice caves. Yeah. Uh, and Sid sees like these, this little, like basically like single celled organism 
that that became like a, a fish type organism that became became like a, a an amphibian, which then became like an early mammal, which then becomes him, right? Yeah. yeah so like yeah. there was literally a demonstration of the evolution of Sid's line, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Diego is like the huge, uh, I think, example of <clears throat> going against your instincts, right? Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> Diego's character, he is her, their escort trying to get them uh, to the humans. Mm-hmm. He's the tracker, but his real intentions are to ambush them with the rest of his his pride. But like eventually he gets to know them and decides he fits in better here than he does with the rest of the Sabretooths. Mm-hmm. And so he has remorse and tries to save them and, and does. But like, that's so not what he's programmed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like he's programmed to kill the baby. You know, mm-hmm. he's programmed to, to kill the mammoth in the slot. So the fact that, like, so to me, that's the, the biggest evidence of it. But then you have like, so if we look at uh, the sloth, what's the sloth's name? Sid the sloth. Sid, Sid. So like Sid, Sid is the one that <laughs> he he has no friends. So his evolution is making friends mm-hmm. and like learning that people can like him for who he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you have Manny who's, who's evolved his evolution is the most complex where you know he's he has his family's died and he's dealing with the trauma of that and won't let anybody in and then by the end of the movie has had created a new family for himself mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i i mean evol- evolution is a very macro Right. Well, thing. that's the whole thing. Yeah. You you can't even look at evolution on a micro scale because it's imperceptible, right? Yeah. Like it yeah. it happens so slowly and so gradually that you you almost can't even zoom in so close because it's impossible to see. Like the whole well, and its effects. So like that right. we're back to a scrat, right? So mm-hmm. like uh, I wrote down chaos versus reason, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, scrat is just from the beginning of the film, we see like his little choices like cause chaos, mm-hmm. you know, like his tiny. So like, it's, it's like almost like you don't really have a whole lot of control over, like, even if you are using reason, the major impact of your actions, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like, and and sometimes, sometimes like your pursuit of something so, so fervently is what causes everything to collapse you know Mm -hmm. and and, and like so sometimes you have to you have to pivot you have to you have to chill you have to chill you know you have to be put on ice you know (laughs) i don't know like yeah it's a really like like i said if you want to draw the real meaning out of this you got to get pretty pretty heady you got to get pretty like and I, I, it just it boils down to the squirrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go back to Diego for a second, because yeah, I think very clearly, I think this the script, while the the plot isn't super complicated, they I think they really work to develop to reflect to have these characters be fractals of each other. Right? They all yeah. have elements that relate to each other. Where like Diego comes from a a pack that is together. 
but is toxic to each other, right? And Sid comes from a family who is good within themselves, but just doesn't, will just abandons him, right? Yeah. He's abandoned by his family because they think they're better off without him. So like, it's like a, a inverse. And then the same with like Manny and the baby, like Manny had his, his uh, partner and child taken away from him by humans. You know, they were killed. And then he sees a human woman and baby and sees her die. And even though you're right, like his instinct should be forget this baby. Like, no, like forget that. Let that baby die. He can't help but see a reflection of himself. Right. Yeah. Of the broken of the family that's been broken. Um, and having to piece it back together, right? So I love – I think the movie does such a good job of reflecting these things in, in each character. But to go back to Diego for a second. So in the early screenings of this movie, in the very early draft, Diego's character dies in the fight with the Sabretooths. Wow. So uh, for <clears throat> you, how does that affect your your interpretation here? Uh, and and does it like what does that change if Diego dies there instead of coming back at the end? Well, I mean, in terms of uh, evolution, that's complicated because he's not the fittest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he dies, but it's like, but but we're getting we can't remove human concepts from this because we've we've attached human emotions and feelings to the animals, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think it. So there are some things evolutionarily that are worth dying for, you Mm -hmm. know? So like if it's, so if it helps, like if it helps those who are more morally sound and morally who, who have the character that we desire uh, to go forward by your death, then you are advancing evolution. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, so I guess it, it doesn't change my perspective that he dies because we're still advancing mm-hmm. the good people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're still advancing the characters that we want to see advance mm-hmm. uh, through his death, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I can see, I can see that making sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kids, Cried apparently when Diego died. Yeah. So, so they're like, "Yeah, we gotta fix that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, to... yeah. I mean, this that the whole like mom and baby elephant kill scene on the oh, wall. Man, that is just like disturbing. That's so, disturbing. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, like like this movie like is so it, it is so light and silly throughout most of it, and like the, you get little inklings of like maybe there being some like more serious trauma like going on but like with Manny like um so like the first time you kind of get a hint of this is Manny and Sid are like bunkering down for the night early in the movie uh and Sid is talking about his family and how they you know they kind of leave him all the time and he doesn't need them anyway and he asks Manny if Manny has family and Manny you see Manny immediately close off and shut down uh and literally turn his back on Sid like I don't want to engage in this thought so we get a small inkling of what something going on there. We don't know exactly what it is. And then we see it at the midpoint, right in the middle of him 
with these cave drawings. We get into this cave and there's all these human drawings of these cave drawings. And there's a little mammoth family. Uh, and we see this like little uh, animated sequence of the this mammoth family, uh, uh, dad, a mom, and a baby. Um, and they're happy. And then humans come, separate the father from the mother and the child, kill the mother and kill the baby as he watches. Yeah. Like that's really dark for like yeah. the tone that this movie had set throughout. And he like, even like Manny, like he's like crying like through it. Like, and we get, and we finally realize like, Oh, he had a family. He was like happy. Yeah. At one point he wasn't this man, Manny, the melancholy. <laughs> he was, the, he wasn't that guy. Always. Yeah. Manny, Manny, the mean mammoth. Man, many the melancholy, many the mean mammoth. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and it's it's such an interesting moment for me where I'm like, wow, like they're they layered in some like actual like real life like this well, is messed up and sad. It makes it, like now that you've pointed out that this was originally meant to be a 2D film by those guys that did those mm -hmm. movies like Rockadoodle and Land Before Time. Those movies are he are pretty. They get heavy. dark. Like, I suppose like Secret of Nim. Yeah, you know things like that. So, yeah, Anastasia. Now that, you say that, now, now that you say that, I can see the tones of that in this, but it was just like way sugar coated. Oh yeah, so I'm sure so much development to get it to like this like really kid friendly. Yeah. Not that it wasn't you know not that those movies that those guys made aren't kid friendly, but they are dark. Like you think of any one of those movies like. Well, they have definition dark elements. I don't think kids movies I th I've, like kids movies are pulling punches. Oh, yeah, for sure. These days compared to what like when we were kids, you know, Bambi's mom. Dies. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like one of my favorite films of all time is Lion King. And like, yeah, that's tra that Mufasa scene is traumatizing. That, that's the last movie I, I, I in my book, like Lion King is the last real no holds barred no no punches pulled kids film like i can't like anything after that it's like what spy kids like <laughs> oh like, like like like, spy kids. like like okay what, what's the next movie i don't know i don't have time to research this <laughs> right i'm just saying like think what's what's a disney movie real quick that came out after lion king uh uh well i can think of like maybe like inside out Inside Out has that Bing Bong scene, but I don't. Does Bing Bong come back at the end? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, see, I was going to say if they would, Bing Bong would have stayed dead, that would I think would have been it because that's pretty sad. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, kids' movies they hold their punches these days. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I get you. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I, so I think something interesting for me that I pointed out for like this idea of like family right is like or that can even actually kind of go along with yours about like going against your instincts the very first scene that we see of the actual characters after the title is this migration and all these animals are all going in the same direction to get away from this ice age you know to get to someplace warmer yeah uh and who's literally going against the flow manny, manny. exactly manny's yeah. literally going the opposite direction of everybody and one character even shouts to him, take, get your issues off the road. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like he literally says like, you, you got problems, get out of our way. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting, like right away in a, in a, what seems like a joke is like, gets to right to the heart of things. It's like these all, everything's going this way and this person's going that way. And yeah. everybody is just like, get out of our way. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. And, well, and then, I mean, that really brings up like, sometimes you have like, it, like being a human is hard. And sometimes you have to go the wrong way to grow, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, that's part of your like personal evolution is sometimes you need to go against the grain to go the, the, the long way to really understand why you're going, you have, you need to go the other way or I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think, I think with scrat, like, he is not show. I don't think he is showing restraint. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. Scrat is. No, I think Scrat is, is, is the consequences or the evidence of not being able to go against your instincts. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's the one that is causing all this mayhem. Right. But he, Scrat's also the most primitive of all the animals we see. Cause Scrat's the only one that doesn't talk and has never talked. Yeah. Like he doesn't yeah. say words. So like as far as like our animal characters go, Scrat is 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 primitive. He's primal. He's instinctual. Yeah. yeah. Uh more so than any of the other kind of higher functioning animal characters that we see. Um yeah. and I think it's really interesting here. Something that really kind of like got me into this idea of like broken families and things like that was like the first thing we see of Scrat He's, he's, he's got his little, uh, his little acorn, his little nut, and he's trying to find a place to bury it and hide it. And he forms a, a crack in the ice, right? He literally yeah. fractures the world. Yeah. Like to let us know this world is the characters that we're coming into are living a fractured life. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, each time he comes along is, is at a moment where there's something, like I said, something dramatic happening or something a little bit more serious or starting to touch base uh, that he's not privy to. Right? right. And there's even like literally a moment where like his acorn is writing on the wall and he doesn't, yeah. and he doesn't see it. He just runs straight yeah. into it. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, he's definitely like the, the connector. Mm-hmm. Like whenever they need a transition, Scrat's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess, I'm just we I watched this movie like five days ago mm-hmm. or something like that, and like I'm sitting here and like I just stand by. It's not like it's not very memorable. Like there's not a lot. Of, <laughs> like I, I just I I just remember the squirrel. Like the squirrel is what I remember. Like I remember the messed up stuff that was originally in the movie that mm-hmm. should have been like that that the 2D film would have been about. You know, really interesting. But I don't remember, like, who cares about the dodos? I was just going to bring that up. So so this, I was going to bring up, so what do you think this dodo scene has to do with our our themes? So, like, first and foremost, this film dunks super hard on dodos. It makes them seem real stupid and and real obnoxious. But let me say this, though. Dodos 
outlasted every single other creature that we see in this film, including the Neanderthal humans. Dodos lived longer than every single other animal that we see. Yeah. uh, So I think this really backs up my interpretation, the Dodos, because they're not willing to change. Mm -hmm. They're set in their ways. They're not, they're not willing to go against what they think Mm -hmm. to evolve. So like they have their holy melons and they're just going to stick with their holy melons which eventually is their demise, you know, like they, they aren't willing to think outside of the melons, <laughs> which is what, which is, which leads to their demise. You know? A lot of people can't think outside the melons. I mean, they're, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're definitely like a representative of an evangelical, yeah, cult, you know, like, or Again. just like a. A cult in itself, not an event. Again, I, if you, I kind of yeah, like a d- dysfunctional community, a community, yeah. even though they're all the same thing, are don't aren't functional. Like they just don't work. Like very, they're disorganized. They're, they're in their own world. Yeah, they're, they're completely. They're not. They're they're not living in reality. Right. You know? And even when someone calls out their their their. Uh, foibles you know like like we this is gonna last us throughout the ice age he's like you got three melons yeah and they're like yeah no like shut up (laughs) yeah you're wrong they're evidence of a failure to evolve Mm -hmm. which is why they're extinct but ironically they outlive every other every other organism in this film the only reason dodos went extinct is because of humans right but i mean in the world uh, of the movie, it's different. In the real, yeah. it, I just think it's kind of ironic that that yeah. this movie very much portrays dodos as being the the least fit, right? Like these idiots, they're not they're not going to last. But truthfully, they they lasted longer <laughs> well, than every the other. The name is indicative. Dodo, they're dodos. But the, was mean, that like, was that have... word? That word it was us putting it on them. They weren't actually stupid. Yeah, but at the same time, though, like we do have elephants. You know, the mammoth mm-hmm. and the elephant are. You know, well, we have flightless birds. Yeah, but like not not much, not, not a lot like a dodo out there. You know, like dodos like, are pretty. A kiwi is like a mini dodo. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I just a... don't like the dodos. They annoy me. No, the, in the movie, these dodos are obnoxious. Yeah, you can <laughs> hate them. They're horrible. <laughs> Doom on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the I whole point. Was, I, you know, growing up in a religious background, I kind of resented their portrayal. Truthfully, <laughs> it was a shot it, at you. It was a shot at religion for the sure. The last melon. <laughs> it, I I wanted to bring that up because I thought it was really funny that like yeah it is very much like religious, like fanaticism almost, in a in a lot of ways, which I thought was yeah. interesting, um, and uh, yeah I just I, I, this movie also really tends to be Shrek a lot. Like it, it, like I don't. Again, it was being developed earlier than like than like Shrek came out, but like it's got the grumpy, big, burly guy who doesn't yeah. want to be friends with anybody uh, because of past trauma, and then it's got like the like loud mouth sidekick that won't shut up. You know, yeah. it's like the donkey. So it's like very Shrek in a lot of ways, but not nearly as like complex. Right. Um. Yeah. I. I. Yeah, I like I said, I just don't I don't totally get it. I don't totally get Ice Age. Uh 
it was amusing. It, it is incredible to me that this movie is, I mean, I guess if you're one of the first, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're like, this just goes to prove the nut theory or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if you're able to survive long enough, you know, if you're one of the first out there, there's no way that you're not going to have a ripple effect on everything else. Well, uh, you know, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> but to, to, to be fair, uh, Blue Sky Studios doesn't exist anymore. Uh, uh, Disney bought them. <laughs> Uh, so well, this most this most recent Ice Age, do, yeah, you know, uh, this most recent Ice Age is coming out on Di- on Disney Plus, so it's now under the Disney banner. So who knows uh, if this franchise is going to continue after this most recent one? Probably. It's so profitable. I mean, it's insane. Six over six billion dollars is a lot of money wow. to, to step away from. I mean, uh, but even like in later films, like the thing about the later films, which I I believe like get a little just a little bit crazy. This one was so simple in its plot. And that later films just get so weird and crazy and off the wall bonkers. But what they all have in common is that they're adding people to their family. Like in the next one, Manny meets another fem- another female mammoth. Yeah. Um, and then later they have a baby. And so like it's like this family that they've – this her that they've built in this film keeps getting bigger and bigger with each movie. They keep bringing more and more people in. Um, and like that theme of like – coming from a, a broken family or coming from a, some kind of trauma that's like isolated you from other people and then finding a new family is something that is prevalent throughout a lot of these ice age movies and then they send scratch to space they do send scratch to space and then he sends an asteroid towards earth that's, that's like that's saying. like the sixth one like the allegory it's just it's an allegory for man's pursuit of survival and it's just <laughs> like it's our unwillingness to show restraint. I don't know if Scrat gets sent to space as far as like Scrat accidentally ends up in space. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's but he's got like a spacesuit, right? So yeah. like I mean, he's but prepared. hey, to be fair, they 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 laid the groundwork for that in this movie with the little UFO in the ice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They laid the groundwork. They said we're going to space at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh but Seth, what's uh what's sum up our thoughts as we're getting towards the end of our, our chat here? So Ice Age, after watching again and kind of talking through it here, how do you feel about it? Do you think it succeeded in kind of what it was trying to do and the themes that it was trying to convey to its audience? I think so, that it does succeed. Um, like I said, it's it's mostly fluff mm-hmm. with a acorn of truth. Oh, wow, buddy. Good job. That was nice. The most straightforward I've been this whole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think for a young audience, it definitely, I think, skews younger than a lot of like, than maybe Toy Story and like Shrek did. I think it skews to a younger audience. Uh, It feels a little bit more sophomoric in humor and tone. Um, So I think as far as like trying to convey a message to a younger audience, it, it definitely, I think, can hit. But I'll agree with you. It's, it's not as memorable because it is so simplistic in a lot of ways. Um, and, and the meta tones of, of capitalism yeah. is prevalent. And you can feel it because that was a motivating factor for putting Scrat in more of the movie. 
was I just want to see a run. I just want to see like a highlight reel of all of Scratch scenes. Oh, I bet you could find that on. I'm sure there. Yeah, on because that's on YouTube. That's the allegory we're all watching. We're mm-hmm. just all watching Scrat through the ages, trying to survive, baby. He's like yeah. the the tricks rabbit. He's never gonna get it. Never yeah. gonna get it. But it's the pursuit that that matters. Mm-hmm. The constant push forward. But uh, that was our uh, conversation. That was our analysis of Ice Age. Uh, so please go and check it out if you have not already. It's really enjoyable and fun. I mean. I was surprised about how like actually much I actually kind of chuckled throughout. It's silly. You know, it is very, like I said, very childish. So like, if you're not into that stuff, like don't even bother. But like, if you're, you're down to like revisit it, it it's enjoyable enough. I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're looking, if you're looking to just waste about 80 minutes, it's short. <laughs> yeah, I got 80 minutes to just throw away and never get back. I age. Um, so for our next episode for those of you watching along seth is going to be picking our next episode so seth what are we going to be watching uh it's a movie i've never seen but uh have heard so much about and um and it's from my one of my favorite directors quentin tarantino it's true romance it's the first movie he uh, ever wrote so have you seen it? I have seen True Romance, yeah. I have never seen it. So yeah. like I've seen every other Tarantino film, but I've never seen this. So it's gonna well, be Well, yeah, this is the one that he didn't direct, that's why. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, yeah, he I'm wrote it but didn't direct it. But awesome. Okay. So we are going to be watching True Romance. So if you guys are watching along at home, please watch along with us and see if you can glean what it's about. We'll see you next time.